Yuki cards. Today on the show, I got Lorenzo on, and we got deep. It was pretty intense. At my house, because I was like, I work Monday to Friday, and I drink coffee there. And on the weekends, I'm usually at brunch. <laughs> so, okay. what the fuck do I need? I push record, but yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't need coffee at home. No. No, I don't. It's so readily available. You don't need to buy coffee. Well, now I do because I'm working from home and have been since March. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am going a little crazy, but. but really? It's fine. Like, I am. I am also going crazy. I feel like nobody likes me for some reason. Even though I know everyone likes me. Um, <laughs> but, like. That's a I am feeling. I am going crazy. Mm -hmm. Of like I'm used to I'm party kid. Yeah, I guess. And like you guys you Yeah. Like you My whole lifestyle was based on socializing. Yeah. And now I don't do that. Because no one Because I'm responsible. <laughs> That's good. I try I try I try to be a citizen. I'm also making myself a mimosa. Perfect. And then I'll make coffees after. Um, hi. Oh, that's my roommate, Caitlin. Um, oh, I like This is Swan. Oh, I like the curtain on. Well, um, Charlie put that up to hide the cat litter. Smart, though. When Charlie lived with me. Charlie. I don't know, like, just Charlie. Like Charlie, like Jake's friend, Doucette? No, just no, not not Charlie Doucette. Uh, I don't know Charlie's last name. They um are just Charlie. I wouldn't. I definitely. I yeah, did, like, don't leave my yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> also, I haven't seen you in age like outside of like yeah. Okay, because when we were like teenagers, and by teenagers I mean like in our mid twenties. Yeah. We really? spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. But then we became adults, and adults don't spend time with other people all the time. That's true. And I, like, got a day job, and then became increasingly less fun. No, oh, I think you're fun. Oh, thanks. All it takes to being fun is just being clever. You think I'm clever? What do you say? What do you think? Yeah. So what's your, is it, it, what's your, what's this about? What's your radio show about? Um, it's about spending time with people that I don't normally spend time with, essentially. Oh. Which is, I started as an accident by sending an email during COVID because I was so lonely. And I was like, what if I made an event out of talking over the phone to people? Oh, yeah. And it became a thing. That's awesome. So it was really just like I wanted to talk to people that I don't see often and have an excuse for it. And that's why I have a radio show. That's I, pretty brilliant. I just wanted to hang out and have a little, like, get-togethers. That's, that's nice. So actually COVID has been pretty nice to me. Yeah. I feel lucky that I kept my job this whole time because like I think I had so much anxiety at the beginning of this 
that I like could not consume media about it. So I just listened. So I like, and, and if I didn't, if I had to like navigate Serb or anything like that, I, I think I would have just completely failed because I just couldn't function thinking about what was going on. Um, and I'd got like, like daily update email and from work on kind of what was going on. So I had like a high level, like gist of kind of where we're at, but, um, I decided to start listening to audiobooks instead because like podcast, no, like I read and stuff, but like podcasts, um, the radio, anything like that. Everyone was just talking about COVID and what was going on when it was really bad. And then, uh, so I was like, you know what? We'll be talking about this, an audiobook. And so Jane Austen. <laughs> I, I listened to, I listened to an audiobook on the great, oh, I'm okay, actually. Well, I'm going to do it and I'll drink it if you don't. Okay. Uh, I listened to an audiobook on the great dust bowl of the 1930s in the middle of the depression. And that was more uplifting than listening to anything that was actually happening right now. The great depression was more uplifting than. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. The Great Death Bowl of the Great Depression. Do you think, though, like, so, like, um, we were living in this time before COVID where everything was just kind of, like, enough. Like, we had enough. Mm-hmm. Like, in 2005, I was making a lot of money just working at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. But I wasn't making great art. And I'm yeah. still, but, but I want to, like, say, content, like, with content, contempt. Um, I'm making less art than I was when I was just, like, everything was dandy. You're making less art now? Yeah, absolutely less. Why do you think that is? Because I just don't feel like doing it. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. It you does know? matter. That's like one of the things. I feel like art and music's been the thing that's actually like holding people together. Maybe, but like I don't have a place to perform my art. Yeah. Which makes the whole point of rehearsing and practicing pointless well we could record or do like a live zoom <laughs> nobody likes watching those <laughs> any anybody who no. nobody watches live zooms like it's or or anything no. yeah nobody cares like the whole point of going to a show is to be social yeah Nobody's, I feel like you nobody. could do stoop shows of people sit in your front yard, distance. Yeah, well, I'm not JD, I'm not JD Edwards, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I found like I've got way more energy now, cause like I worked in an or I still work in an office. I work from home, but we have an office. And when I was in the office, it was like all open concept, and there's like sales gongs and just marketing people and just like people, there's like over 300 people where I work, 
and there's like there's just no silence ever <laughs> and um so i come home from work and like have to fight to stay awake past 8 p.m um because i just feel like emotionally exhausted emotionally and like just socially exhausted and then now i can work a full day and i have energy at the end of the day to like explore hobbies and like get back into things like using my record player like i didn't i hadn't played records in like two years just even at home because it was like too annoying to like go through and find a record and like take it out of its sleeve i just didn't have the energy to do it so i just would listen to spotify or something mm-hmm. which is such a bummer because i have a record collection i love and so i've had like more time for that and like reading and exploring hobbies again i started drawing and stuff I didn't even know that you like drawed. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I didn't. This is just like a, it's a, it's a lesson in imperfection and letting imperfection. No one's good at drawing. Like, this is my theory. No one is actually good at drawing. Yeah. Well, there's just people people who, there's just people who do it and there are people who don't. Yeah, I, like, I'm too much of a control freak. So I was like, I need to do something that I know I'm bad at and then just force myself to keep doing it. Not to get good at it, but just to be like, okay, I did this thing and it's imperfect as hell. And that's fine. It's really hard. (laughs) I'm like, no one's going to look at this. Well, unless you show them. Yeah, like it's exactly, but it's like, it's been interesting. So are you good at drawing flowers? Like tulips? What, what, hyacinths? I don't know. I'm naming flowers. Chrysanthemums. What Uh, what what is your best flower? Peonies. Peonies. Oh, peonies are nice. I would like just like non-actual flowers. Like just. Or just. Things that look like they're flowers, but you wouldn't, they're not, they probably don't actually exist. Like vaginas, vaginas look like flowers. That's true. I have yet to get into vagina drawing, but maybe that's Orchids. Next. Orchids look like vaginas. That's their thing. Yeah. Yeah, vanilla bean. I gotta stop. <laughs> I'm being crass. Uh, oysters also. Yeah, just... All the best things in life. Yeah. Orchids and oysters. <laughs> I feel like you should open a restaurant and call it like a half orchids restaurant. Orchids and oysters. Half flower yeah. shop, like a cafe flower shop and, and call just, it orchids and oysters. And just serve like hot dogs. Hot do- No oysters. And you don't sell orchids as, as a principal. People would be so uh, disappointed. Actually, one of my favorite things to do in the whole world is to buy people flowers. Also, mm. I should... You can do it online. I should totally get your address and just send you some flowers randomly. Oh, I love that. I love I love getting flowers. Broadway florist is actually really cheap. Really? Yeah, like I'll because everywhere you look, it's like these hideous arrangements that look like they're meant for a funeral home, and they're like seventy five dollars for Mother's Day or whatever the hell, and it's like. Okay, this is stupid, but Broadway florists, they're actually, like, I'll just call them, I'll go on their site, and then I'll call them and be like, hey, like, what do you, 
have in right now for like $25 or 20 bucks. And then it'll be like, oh, we can do like six sunflowers or like here's a bouquet of whatever. Here's some carnations. I love carnations. They last really long. They smell nice. That's, that's my thing. They look really pretty. Yeah. Oh, I remember you've gotten me flowers, but you've got me apology <laughs> carnations before. Yes, I did. <laughs> I still have the card from that. Really? Yeah. I hope you keep it forever. Of course I will. It's the point of me having it still. Congratulations on the naked baby in your bed. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, well, sometimes, sometimes people <laughs> do weird things. It's fine. We're all just creatures out here. Just anim bipedal animals. We're, we are bipedal animals trying to do the best we can. Mm -hmm. To, I have a problem with people who don't try to improve. Like, yeah. and in, like improvement doesn't really mean like being the best at something. It just means being the nicest or mm -hmm. not nicest. That's like, you can't be the nicest. It's just, you have to work on treating your behavior so that you treat people properly like they deserve yeah. to be treated that's it it's like kindness instead of niceness because mm -hmm. niceness is like a social it's, contrast and false yeah and false yeah and kindness i don't know i've been trying over the past couple years to like this is so cheesy and hooey but like <laughs> lead with love and so um, it's not cheesy or hooey <laughs> but it's been really helpful to be like okay even when i'm like really irritated with somebody or a situation and just be like i'm gonna lead with love on this one even if it feels impossible and just like strip people down to their humanity and it's getting easier and easier for all like the bull to kind of fall away and just like see a human being who's maybe being a jerk, but like you cannot be one back. Also therapy is like the best thing I've ever done for myself. Yeah, I'm, I think um, I should probably go to therapy too. I think about that a lot. Yeah. I just don't know when I would have time or space for it or money. But I've got hot tips about that. Um, so like psychologytoday.com has like a directory, a global directory. You like put in your postal code or whatever. And I'll show you therapists in your area and their specialties. And then you can filter by like gender, specialty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you kind of get a selection and then you reach out to them. And some of them will do free first sessions because you kind of, like, you probably won't understand this, this uh, comparison, but it's kind of like therapists are kind of like the birth control pill or antidepressants. It's like not one size fits all. Like, you kind of have to just try a couple and see what works. And I found mine on my, like, second try. But I, like, emailed a few therapists on there that I thought would be a good fit and just said, you know, I want a long-term relationship with the therapist but I can't afford like the standard hundred dollars a visit hundred dollars a week or whatever do you charge on a sliding scale and like one of the 
uh, therapist I reached out to said that she doesn't, but she has a colleague who does, and then that's how I found my current therapist, and so I, I pay mm. less. Um, so people need to know this. Yeah, oh, it's like, it's really, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of shame around money and, like, not being able to afford whatever or, like, needing to pay less, but a mm. lot of the time, especially if the, if they're, like, you know, fresh out of school, or um, kind of building their own practice, a lot of therapists will charge on a sliding scale. And so, like, you can even be paying, like, half of what um, they would normally charge. And it saved my life, like, a million times over. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, knowing what you want to get out of therapy like I was like I want to have a long-term relationship with my therapist this isn't like I'm in crisis right now I just need to deal with this one thing mm-hmm. this is like I need to unpack some like childhood crap and, uh, and we're all full of that and it's it's yeah. like really normal mm-hmm. like we're ridiculously full of childhood crap Oh. And so uh-huh. it should be very, like, I was thinking today about, like, just, like, my grandparents telling me the same stories over and over again. Mm-hmm. And their faces, like, watching their faces change while they're telling the same story that I've heard a billion times. And I'm just like, you need to, instead of telling this as, a, like, a false anecdote, you need to go and talk to someone about this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like you can see it on their faces that they need to come to terms with like there was a war you were there in Europe Mm -hmm. the Germans were there there was bombing or like you were like um or like the the crop people came to before machines like combines were made and they had to like clean things and there was like a bunch of old I don't even want to get into details. Um, but like, mm-hmm. instead of dealing with things, people just tell these stories over and over again. When and they're not real stories; they're 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 trauma repeated. Mm-hmm. And it's like trauma transfer. Yeah. Like my dad, and I feel like it's like our generation is like the generation that's that's really changing the game and then i think gen gen z and whoever is like after that is like they're going to change the world but like we're helping build out this foundation where like things that were like weird like divorce was like weird and rare in like the 80s early 90s when i was growing up and then now that's like i mean a lot of times people don't even bother getting married um so things are changing and like therapy is being normalized and like my dad is in his 70s and he came from like one of those like Wellington Crescent kind of like English old money family (laughs) things where like he was born left-handed and had it beaten out of him at school and uh and doesn't like you know subscribe to the whole like depression anxiety trauma thing it's just but then that like completely poisons 
your kids and there's got to be like a cycle break somewhere and I think hopefully that's our generation I just think that therapy everyone should be in therapy and I wish it was more accessible and like covered under our benefits because there's so much stuff that could be preemptively solved by having people deal with their trauma instead of denying it exactly like I mean even just <coughs> high blood pressure <laughs> like mm. that alone causes so much death and like so many like or medical bills people, and people lying about being ill because they feel like it makes them weak um mm -hmm. like that happened like my dad got cancer and he was like don't tell anyone I'm oh, like, I didn't know I'm sorry well he's fine like oh, that's good he, I knew he would be fine. Like, it was a mild case. But, like, at the same time, he's like, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Also, I don't talk to my family at all because they're toxic. Um, so <laughs> it's not a big deal. But, like, I literally was the person saying, like, what did the doctor say? Like, it'll be fine. Like, it seems mild. It seems... And then I got attacked um. because I was, like, being positive instead of being... Um, or not even being positive. I was just being rational mm -hmm. to, to the point where all of a sudden I was a bad guy for being rational instead of making things a big deal. And I think it's really amusing. I have to use that because that's how I get through life is by putting humor on things. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this is not, not huge and you're making a deal out of it. And, like, these are the same people who made me homeless, who, like, and then, mm -hmm. and, like, put a lot of pressure on me um, to constantly solve the day. Mm -hmm. And then I was, like, I had enough. And then they, they got mad at me for it. And yeah. I was, like, just use your brain. Like, you're not the center of the world, which is their favorite term. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I definitely think you would, like, thrive in therapy. I've been working on some similar, like, family stuff, and I do this thing called, or I've learned how to do this thing called, quote-unquote, detach with love, mm -hmm. and it's, like, how to, I had, like, the biggest epiphany of my life, like, a couple months ago. And it's changed my life. And it was like, so I've been working on like detaching with love from my family, you know, trying to like untangle my sense of self-worth from their expectations. Get rid of your enmeshment. Exactly. And it's been like hard because you, you're, it's an enmeshment. As you said, it's like, it's hard. And uh, I, so I went to the big, um, Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg rally and the next day and it was great it was phenomenal and then the next day I got a phone call from my dad from out in Vancouver and my sister had kind of mentioned it or that I had gone to the protest and um, and he called me and he was mad at me uh, and he was like I heard you were at that protest I can't believe you went and I just cut him off and was like Yes, of course I went, and I'm going to continue to go to protests as long as there are protests because this is important yeah. and it matters. And it was like the first time in 
my life that I like so clearly saw that my dad was wrong about something and and so clearly knew that what I was doing was right and what he was saying was wrong that it like was you know the chink that like exploded the dam or whatever like it it was the the thing that just completely broke me free because I was like if he's so wrong about you know Black Lives Matter and me going to the Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg protest then maybe he's so wrong about other things and maybe he's been so wrong about me this entire time and it was like that's a really beautiful thought yeah and it completely blew my I've never felt more at peace than I do now and I still like talk to him like he doesn't know that I've had this epiphany we still like you know have a kind of he doesn't live here so it's like a you know whatever relationship but it um it's a good it's a fine relationship but it it was like my sense of self-worth was from that moment on like completely my own and not based on any sort of expectations that he had because I realized that he's a human being and he's fallible finally at the age of 34 (laughs) so uh yeah therapy I think I think I also had that moment with my dad one time he was like well I've had that moment a million times with (laughs) my father um but like one time you told me like trans people were bad and I was just like no and then and then and he just shut up as soon as I said no yeah it's it's so it's hard to stand up to parents and I think that it's been happening a lot over the past couple months especially with like the resurgence of like Black Lives Matter I mean it's always been around but like with George Floyd and that it becoming like more and more um present in the mainstream and stuff I think a lot of people are having really difficult conversations with their parents and grandparents and family um I actually don't have like my grandparents are the lost generation a lot of people don't know what like everyone forgot what they're called but they're called (laughs) the lost generation and they're really the kindest people of all like yeah. my grandparents are all part of the lost generation and they're just because no one they were after the greatest generation and no one cared about them yeah they just like raised children who were so spoiled that their children decided that like the the baby boomers decided that like we're we're we know what's right but like Classic. they don't realize they're like on the shoulders of a whole generation that's literally called the lost generation. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Like makes sense. My grandparents are so kind and like they love everybody. Hmm. And it's so like, it's so weird to have like you raise these children who judge. Yeah. 
it's really a generation thing too. Like I feel like a lot of, like in my own experience, but also like a lot of the like viral stuff online of like, you know, Karens and Kevins and people down in the States just being horrible. They're all like kind of around our parents' age. Some, there are some young ones for sure, but a lot of them are like 50s, 60s, 70s. And and it's wild. I wonder, like, are there other generations that have, like, just been so adamant that they're, they are right and incapable of learning? I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like, a lot of flaws in, in like, the millennia, millennials. No, uh, we're, we're great. We're wonderful. I mean, this is how I live. With lots of people and lots of cats. A lot of guitars. I live alone with lots of cats. Maybe that's the thing, is cats. That's the... The other day I was... Like, I just picked up my cat and, like, pulled him into bed and, like, made him cuddle with me. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is nice. Yeah. Cats are good. Cats are great. I also like dogs. I'm not... I'm not. I, I like. You're not a monster. I, I, you like a, I like all animals, to be honest. I feel like that's a thing. Like dog people are dog people and not cat people, and I feel like cat people are just like I like animals. Like not I want to cuddle with everything. Yeah, I mean there are definitely like some dogs that I'm like you could relax a little bit, but I grew up with dog like minimum two dogs, some sometimes four dogs at a time, and all big. So I'm like, like dogs. big or like mid size. Uh, my last dogs, R.I.P. were uh mid size, so like Australian cattle dog, and then um a duck toller. But uh, the ones before that, I mean all mutts, but like, we had a lab collie cross and like like not like Great Danes, but like sheep dog size. So like mid size. Yeah, I had a greyhound. Oh, that's that's a large, that's a large size. But they're like cats. Greyhounds are like fully like cats. It's crazy. They just sleep all day. You take them outside, like for a walk, and then they're like over it in twenty minutes. They're like, let me go back to sleep. It's very like they're much like how I like to live my life. We all like to sleep. I if I could sleep all the time, I would, but I didn't. I didn't even get a COVID break. Really? At the, at the restaurant? No, I still worked the whole time. Like, it was just takeaway. Oh, it was takeout. But, like, I could have used a break. I haven't yeah. had a vacation in, like, four years, I don't think. I just booked my first vacation in, like, years, too. Um, next week. Or what, what are you going to do? The week after. The week after next. Um, Aston and I are going to... Uh, we rented this little like actually I should send you the link I think you'd love it I found uh, Renee sent it to me um this little like pond house guest house on this like acreage farm setup um near Boisevane so they've got like a guest house that they've made completely out of like hay and then what? they also have like this pond house and the pond house has like solar power so like 
but like really tiny, like really small wattage. So it's like dim and like there's like an outhouse and it's like basically they're like, it's like camping, but you're in a little house. There's a wood fire stove. So nearly glamping. Nearly glamping. And there's a wood fire, wood burning stove. And they've got like 160 acres of forest and Aston's like a big mushroom forager person. So we're going to go look at mushrooms <laughs> for two days. It's well, going to be great. I'm really excited. I don't know. Is it this the season? I don't know. Maybe you can find some chanterelles. Apparently, um, yeah, apparently fall is a great season for mushrooms. Okay. I don't, all I know is about mushrooms is that I, when I was a kid, I had to like sit on the side of the road while my parents foraged. That's cute. I was very bored. Yeah. It's been fun learning about it. I'm not like I don't I don't know anything about them, but um uh it's like I like I've always loved going on like walks or hikes in the woods. Mm-hmm. From like growing up in North Van. Um and but I get you know I like to have I like to have like an activity <laughs> to be doing so like and I don't have dogs to walk anymore, so uh, I was just like walking in the woods doing nothing, and it's like okay, I guess I should go home now. But then now I'm like, it's like treasure hunting. It's got it's such a shot of dopamine when you find a mushroom. It's crazy. This is I'm so boring. This is what quarantine's done. To me. You're not boring. There's nothing boring about being a human being at all, ever. Period. Like uh, okay. well, having I mean, having small pleasures is not boring. It's that's it's true. it's not boring at all. Like we put a huge um, what is well I'm usually good at words, but I'm not right now. But we put an impetus or like a huge weight on something. Mm-hmm. Impetus is not the correct word at all. We put a weight on something that is not is not real. Like importance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this has been really... It's been great. It's been, like, getting me out um, in nature a lot more, which is, like, getting my... Because I'm on a computer all day, every day, and... It, and I'm like always on the phone for work and I'm stressed out all of the time. Do you find that I have a problem with phones? Like phones make me stressed. Yeah. My phone makes me stressed. Emails yeah. make me stressed. What? Emails. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like I never know what I'm gonna get. Like, did I do something wrong? Even though I'm, like, <laughs> constantly trying to be the best person I can possibly be. But, yeah. like, I always feel like someone's going to be upset at me. I don't know. Is that a thing for you? Um, yeah. Every time my boss asks if, if we can chat, I always think I'm going to get fired. And I ask if I'm getting fired. And then he's like, no, Loren, stop. I'm not. I have to meet with... I have the same problem. I, I always think, think I'm going to get fired. I'm like, I'm doing really good at my job, I thought. Why do you need to talk to me? It's like, not to fire you, just... I think that might be the way I was raised, though. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents basically, like, I had to turn the TV off and run away and pretend I was reading a book if they came home. Yeah. So I think that is, like, a lingering 
um, problem I had. Yeah. It was like, at the same time, they didn't give poop about um, my grades at school. Yeah. Which was, they didn't have to because I was very good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that has a lot to it. Like, growing up was very loud and angry sometimes. And so, and like, if someone ever wanted to speak to you directly, that meant like, you did, they, they, it was bad news. We have to talk. Oh, yeah. God. Ugh. That phrase should be made illegal, I think. Oh, God, I never want, I will never date anyone who says we have to have to talk ever again. Yeah. I'm if like, I if, ever, if, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, if I ever actually have to talk to someone, friend, partner, foe, coworker, ever, I'm always like, hey, can I talk to you about something? It's not bad. It's good. Or I just need some advice on, like, I give, like, a qualifier kind of, like, sneak preview of what the conversation's gonna be we're gonna have fun talk like i just want to talk to you about this it's not a big deal just like whenever you're free because it gives me so much like freaking direct eye contact gives me so much anxiety that it's like if, if someone was like hey like can i talk to you for a second like it feels like my organs just fall out of my body you just have you gotta you gotta give me like preamble so that you know, I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. No, yeah, that we need to talk thing just means you're going to yell at me. Yeah. I think that is definitely some childhood trauma <laughs> basis. It's like, mm, you're not always in trouble. Every time I've heard that, I've been in trouble. <laughs> <gasps> okay, okay. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, a poss- it's a very real possibility. I mean, I guess I'm not like, a, not a superhero, but I try to be like really kind to everyone as much as possible. Yeah. And I feel like that's all you can do now is just try and like, you know, stick to your word and learn how to apologize. And that's a hard thing to learn. It's very hard because I can guarantee that like my parents have never apologized to anyone for anything like and I think that's like a generational thing too like we just it never was emulated for us so like I don't know that's been like a lot of work too of just apologizing and also like when you make a mistake Apologizing and not making excuses or qualifying or explaining. Just being like, I'm sorry, and then fixing the mistake. Or fixing the And changing the behavior. Yeah. Exactly. Like, learn. Don't focus on the mistake. Look, focus on the lesson. And I think I saw that on a bumper sticker, honestly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, do that. And, and it's like, it doesn't matter, like especially like if you're a friend of mine or something it's like I love you already you don't need to explain like the ins and outs and whatever I just need you to acknowledge that you know a mistake happened and acknowledge that you're going to try and do better next time or explain that you're like sometimes I feel bad explaining to people that I got hurt yeah 
it's hard because people get defensive. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I'm already going, you're already going through so much emotional labor and stress trying to be vulnerable and admit that you've been hurt by someone. And mm-hmm. then the follow-up to that is usually they get defensive and then you have to make them feel better for them making you feel bad. That's like such a common thing. No, it's just, thing. The, it's the normal. Yeah. And that, I tr- so I try and not be that person who needs to be made f- to feel better for hurting someone else or for making a mistake. It's like... No, that's very responsible of you. And also, everyone should emulate that behavior. It's hard. Like, it's, like, active It's active work, for sure. And it's, like, stopping and thinking. And, like, once you realize your kind of defense mechanisms and your, your knee-jerk reactions and, like, your rote responses, you start to... It starts to get easier to circumvent that and have more control over how you respond or react to something or a situation yeah but it's definitely like i'm old as hell i fucking i like took a long time to figure out and i'm still i'm still figuring it out but um so like has anyone ever said to you like you're upsetting me when you told them that you were upset by their behavior. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of times. Like, there's, like, this common thing, especially, like, immature, like, immature, I don't want to say immature men, but I have dated a lot of, a lot of men versus dating, like, yeah, a lot too. of women. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, I've also dated a lot of women and a lot of men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they... So I think like my, my population sample size is skewed on this, but it's always like that reaction of like, well, I guess I'm the worst person in the world. And it's like, or, oh man, I'm so awful. I'm so crappy. I'm so this, I'm so that. And it's like, don't make me like sit here and have to tell you like how incredible and amazing and da 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 and like make you feel better because Mm -hmm. like you're like flipping the script right now. And I need you to acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge, accept, and change. And I understand it feels really, really bad to be called out on something. I've been called out. Um, I've been told I've hurt people for sure. And it's not intentional. And usually, like the people who you've maybe hurt and you love, they know it's not intentional, but it's like, you just have to, like, don't put that la- extra labor onto them. Like, it feels bad. And then maybe you, like, reach out to another friend. Or get a therapist. And then work through it for through that way. Because then you're paying that person. Yeah. Also, when you put money in between things, it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm paying you to, to listen to me. Yeah. Well, I mean... Also, people need that. People need that. Um, we all need. We all need help. Yeah. And we need professionals to help us. And just someone who doesn't have like a stake in the game. So like, if I, so say something's happened with like a 
close friend of mine and it's mm-hmm. hurt my feelings, but I know that it wasn't intentional. And I know that maybe like that actually my feelings being hurt doesn't actually have to have anything to do with them or what they did actually has more to do with me and how I'm reacting to what they've done. Um, and instead of like talking that over with another friend, which could, you know, constitute as like gossiping or whatever, or potentially be hurtful, uh, now I just go to this third party and, you know, unpack, they help me unpack my feelings about a situation with someone, you know, I care about, and then I can unpack it with my therapist and figure it out, um, and how I actually feel about something and then decide whether or not I'm going to bring it up with this person or not. And, uh, it's like no harm, no foul. It's great. And then like my therapist is not going to tell anybody that I was just talking shit about my best friend or whatever. So... Yeah. And because, Great yeah, so instead of like, which often people do is they come to me and tell me things mm-hmm. and unburden themselves on me. Mm, and then you have to deal with it. It's dumping. Wait. It's dumping. Yeah. Like, there is a weight. It comes with a weight. Unfortunately, people don't, I mean, they must realize People don't think about it, especially when you're hurting or you're, like, stressed out about something. They don't think about the emotional labor that comes with unloading that stuff and what you're asking of someone. And it's, like, I... So, my best friends, um, my best girlfriends, I've told them, like, I will always have time and energy for you. (laughs) But I don't always have time and energy for everyone to dump like, I have to be selective on, like, the emotional labor I can take on. But, you know, I've got these two people that are, like, my family, and we always have that kind of support network for each other. And it's just, like, literally a spoken thing. We've talked about it. And it's not emotional labor if one of them, for me at least, because it's, like, love, and it's reciprocal. Um... (laughs) But sometimes when it's like, you know, those secondary, tertiary friends, um, it's hard to, you know, kind of like make sure you have the reserves in the bank for, for them. It's, uh, I think also women know more about emotional labor because they tend to be kind of disproportionately uh, affected by it or expected to take it on um but now it makes sense yeah but now i think it's like that starting to balance out and like people are people are becoming more and more aware and i think maybe i'm particularly effeminate so like (laughs) people trust you (laughs) people trust me too much unfortunately but like I've been seeing this thing people have started doing where they literally, and I try and do this too, where I'll ask for consent before I unload. So I'll like text someone and I'll text one of my best friends too. Um, and ask like, Hey, I need to like vent about something to you. Do you have the time or I, or like the bandwidth for it right now? And if they say no, totally fine. 
like not won't take it personal because I understand like there are some days where I'm you know my depression's flared up or my anxiety's flared up or whatever and I just don't have the capacity to emote or like take on that emotional labor so I understand that feeling uh so I've started kind of asking permission or asking consent before I unload whatever you know trauma or drama that I'm dealing with or stress and uh, you have to be okay with people saying no I, I can't right now um and then you know going on to the next person but it it's it makes it you, it takes a lot of the guilt out of the way. Sometimes when I go off on like a rant about something, then I feel really bad that I just went off on a rant about something. And uh, it just, I mean, consent culture is incredible and should just be. And the norm. Yeah. I know, like, even when I'm in a relationship, I ask for consent for everything. Mm. I mean, sometimes it takes the spice out, but like at the no. same time. Like, I've been called too polite, but, like, I just don't think that that's a problem. Continual, continuous, enthusiastic consent is, like, the sexiest thing ever. Like, oh, man. It's the best. Like, and you, you, like, you can do it in, like, a way that's still, like, sexy and whatever. Um, you just take some practice and, like, try not to be, like awkward it just takes practice but it's like I know in that situation if that happens someone asks like for a consent or whatever that this person respects me and cares about me and it increases my trust of them which increases how much I would enjoy a moment a moment (laughs) (laughs) With that, like a potentially vulnerable moment with that person because they see me as a human being and not just whatever, a body or whatever. Yeah, that's also like something that I've thought about a lot is that people, not thought about a lot, um, I have felt like I wasn't a human being a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. I was just like a receptacle Mm-hmm. Like and an avatar. Yeah, or like, yeah, just like someone on a screen, mm-hmm. essentially. That's what that word means. Um, but like, I mean, it means also another thing. But um, <laughs> but like feeling like a, like a doll or a throwaway mm-hmm. is not, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant for anyone. Yeah. Not, for, not for men or women, and we're yeah. all human beings, and especially now, um, like, like I have friends who are non-binary, and like I have, like I didn't grow up with that, so I had to learn that I have to like appreciate their pronouns, pronouns, mm-hmm. and that's fine. How is that hard? It's not hard. No, I mean. I think not calling myself a hero. No, but I mean like I think it's it's okay to make have slip ups. But that's again like another thing about um emotional labor. So if you mis misgender someone or, or use the wrong pronouns with someone, the one of the bad things you can do 
I mean, you can just, like, continue to do that, and that's a bad thing. But also being like, I'm so sorry, I'm terrible, I'm so sorry, and, like, make it a big thing. And, again, that's, like, almost pressuring that person to have to make you feel better for mis uh, using the wrong pronouns with them. And, and so... So there's a common theme is just apologize succinctly is what you're saying. Yeah, succinct, and then apologize and change the behavior. Acknowledge, apologize... And change your behavior. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's three three simple steps. <laughs> so be a good human. <laughs> no, but it's true. Yeah. It's really that simple and it's really that true. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I mean, I don't want to, like, I've had these conversations with some friends of mine who are trans and non-binary. Um, this is obviously not me speaking for an entire community of people but um a lot of the times if it's a person you know in your life that you have a relationship with a connection a friendship they'll understand as with all relationships and whatever um sometimes people make mistakes and that it's maybe not coming from a malicious place and the best and cleanest way to like acknowledge and reaffirm the fact that it's not coming from a malicious place is to like acknowledge, apologize and change your behavior. And yeah, I mean, and, and that kind of like, that goes for a lot of things. It goes for everything really. Humans aren't inherently bad people. Well, there's some, <laughs> but they're, they're, you know, we're not evil. A lot of the evil people in the world have had a lot of really bad things done to them as well. So I think kind of trying to move through life, um, trying to assume the good in people and assume that people aren't trying to react maliciously or treat you maliciously um, is also, it helps take a lot of the weight off, I think. Yeah, we're all heavy. We're all heavy. And also, we just, we did run out of time. But also, that was really, really nice. You're really insightful. Well, thanks. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming over. <laughs> hey, Wolseley, though. Boop. And that was my friend, Loren. And this is Cape Coquet Talks to His Friends. Thanks for listening. If you did.